0: Good to see you here this morning as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Yes. Jesus, we know he lived. We know that he died, but praise God. We know the grave couldn't hold him down. Amen. And so he's risen. And we say that again. He is risen indeed. And it is a great day to celebrate his triumph. You know, sometimes people think that in the Gospels, uh, it was the miracles and the supernatural things that Jesus did that proved his divinity. Well, it did point to his divinity, mm-hmm. but it, it was his resurrection from the grave that actually proved that he was who he said he was, the son of God, yes. who would be able to take on the sin of the world and then rise from the dead, which is what he did. So he was the son of man, he is the son of man, he's the son of God. The Father sent him from heaven. That's right. To be a perfect sacrifice. For us, to save us from our sins.
1: Glory to God. Now
0: he becomes the door. He, Jesus said, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. He is the door, the open door for us when we receive him as Savior.
1: That's right.
0: Back into heaven, back into the Father's heavenly family, and into eternal life. So it proved, his resurrection proved for all time also, that there is life after death. And that is good news for
1: us.
0: (laughs) Many people think, well, when I die, they don't even think about it anymore sometimes. And when I die, I don't know what happens. I don't care. Well, you should care. Amen. Because we are eternal beings. You will live on forever in the place. There are only two places. That's right. Where we can live after we take our last breath. Of course, we want to live an eternal life. Amen. 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 So Jesus came to the earth. We know by scripture it says to seek and save the lost, to save us, as as Jason was alluding to, you know, and Pastor Steve when he was closing out worship, to save us from the penalty for our sin. He didn't deserve to die on the cross. We deserve the penalty for our sin. And that's been the dilemma, really, of humankind since the beginning of civilization, since Adam and Eve, this dilemma of sin and what to do. With the, cause of, with the consequence of sin, which is eternal death. And uh, Jesus was crucified. We say this again. He died. He was buried. And on the third day, he, when he rose in triumph, he was ri- rising in triumph over all the power of sin and darkness that tried to hold him down. He was right. really holding us down. So his victory became our victory. His victory over the grave was our victory over the grave. Yes. Which... Reminds me of this little story that I heard about a mom and who was out shopping with her little boy and they're shopping for Easter stuff, decorations and all, and they happen to meet their pastor at the store and they're like, oh, the mom's, hey, hi, pastor. And so the mom and the pastor chit chat for a little bit and then the pastor looks, says to the little boy who's about six years old, well, Joey, what are you doing out today? And he's like, well, we're out shopping for Easter stuff. And the pastor's like, oh, you are, Easter stuff. So what is Easter about anyways? Do you know what Easter's about? And the little boy's like, well, sure I know what Easter's about. It's like when Jesus rode on a donkey into Jerusalem and they waved palm branches at him. And the pastor's like, yeah, that's right. Well, what happened after that? And he says, well, what happened after that is that he got into big trouble. And people got really mad at him, and they started to beat him, and they yelled at him. And then they ended up nailing him on a cross, and he died. And the pastor's like, this boy's pretty smart. <laughs> you know, he knows his stuff, that's right. And so he said, well, then what happened after that? And he said, well, then after that, they, they put Jesus in this tomb, and they rolled this big rock in front of it. And he stayed there for three days, but then after three days, he got raised, and he got out of there. And the pastor's like, man, this kid is learning so much in Sunday school, (laughs) you know. And the little boy's like, but that's not all. And the pastor's like, oh, that's not all. Well, well, what else is there to the story? He goes, well, when that rock got rolled away and Jesus stepped out, if he sees his shadow, (laughs) there's going to be six more weeks of winter. (laughs) He's like, well... (laughs) Thank God that's not really how this story goes, you know. (laughs) When Jesus stepped out, he rose from the grave, right? (laughs) And he holds the keys to the grave. Come on. You know, he he holds the keys to hell and the grave. This is the great news. Look what it says in Revelation 1.17. This is Jesus speaking. To the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos. He says, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. Yes. And I'm the ever-living one. I am living in the eternity of the eternities. Yes. That's what that means. Jesus said, I died. But see, I'm alive forevermore. And I now possess the keys to death and Hades. Yes. Hallelujah. That yes, he does, yes. right? And so, of course, it's like what J- Jason was saying to celebrate a resurrection, some, someone has to die. Otherwise, there's no resurrection. Yeah, that's right. So you, you ha, a death has to take place first. And so that's really where we want to start with this message this morning. Why, why did Jesus die?
1: Yeah. How did Jesus end up on a Roman cross? Yeah. Uh, because if we're going to experience and be partakers of this resurrection life, you know, we, we have to understand why Jesus died. He lived a sinless life. He was, uh, the scripture declares, he's a very good man. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. His enemies even actually testified that he was a man of integrity. You couldn't bribe him. You couldn't pressure him. You couldn't threaten him. You couldn't intimidate him. You know, he had great compassion. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He caused the blind to see, the lame to walk common people loved him because he talked about righteousness and justice so how did Jesus end up on this Roman cross we'll never understand God unless we do understand the cross and no chapter in the Bible one chapter one single chapter sheds more light onto this story than Isaiah chapter fifty three yeah. the great theologian Spurgeon who lived in the eighteen hundreds uh, they he he declares that isaiah fifty three is like the the bible condensed it's it 's really in a sense the Gospel in its fullness yeah. it 's as though Isaiah himself was Listen to this, 750 years before Jesus was born on this earth, Isaiah, his description of this is as though he was standing there watching everything transpire on Golgotha. His description was intense. It was vibrant. It was clear. It was graphic of the details of his suffering. And it also, he revealed what God was doing through Jesus' sacrifice. That's Isaiah 53. Right. And again, once again, there's it's, no, no clear expression of the great. entire gospel than Isaiah 53. Yeah.
0: Let's put that statement up on the PowerPoint. Because I think it's so important that we understand that. That we're never going to understand God until we understand the cross. Mm-hmm. And as Pastor Steve was saying, the great theologian Charles Spurgeon said this, this is up on our PowerPoint too, that, the, that the, Isaiah 53 is like the Bible in miniature. It's like the gospel in its essence. And so this is important for us to understand that from the beginning to the end of the Bible, the gospel is being preached it's just often you have to have eyes to see it. Yes. And so this is what Isaiah did write. Isaiah 53. It begins with verse 4. And, I, and as we read this, I want us to recognize that what he did, what Jesus was doing, what he did, he did for us. This prophecy, again, was written, think about it, 750-some years before, before. Jesus Appeared in the earth. Think about the accuracy of, of how that prophecy coming to pass. It says, surely, this is what Isaiah saw down through time. Surely he has borne our griefs. Mm-hmm. And that word griefs in the Hebrew means sicknesses or weaknesses and distresses. And he carried whose sorrows and pains? Ours. Mm-hmm. He was carrying our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we yeah, consider him smitten and afflicted by God. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. Whose transgressions? He, he didn't deserve what he was getting That's on right. the cross. He was doing it for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for whose guilt and iniquities? Ours. Ours. The chastisement or the punishment needful to obtain peace and well-being. In other words, for us to finally have peace with God was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, who's healed and made whole? We are. We are healed and made whole. Verse 6. All we... Like yeah, sheep go. have gone astray. Who has turned away? We, we. have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the guilt and iniquity of who? Uh, of us so. all. And so nothing in this passage really makes sense until you begin to feel the full weight of what the truth of this passage right. is saying. And the truth is what he did, he did for us. He was on that cross undeservedly, but willingly taking the penalty for our sin so that the door to eternal life could be opened back up to us. And so what he suffered was for us, the pain, the brutality, the shame of dying naked on a cross before all mankind, the shame of the cross. He was doing it for us. Gosh. And so, even though he was, we go on to say, like, crucified and murdered by the hands of...
1: Lawless men. Yeah,
0: lawless men. The, the truth
1: is that <laughs> he laid his own life down. They couldn't take it from him. This is, this is according to the scriptures, it, it, this was the Father's great plan of redemption. That he would lay his life down... So that we would have the opportunity to have eternal life. We would be able to have a way back to the Father. Just like in Eden when God originally created the world. Created man. It was for this fellowship. Jesus didn't die and suffer because he couldn't escape. <laughs> All the soldiers in Pilate's army could never have taken him. Unless he laid it down. And he was willing to. To be taken. Pilate said this to him. He goes. Don't you. Why don't you answer me. Don't you know that I have the power. To set you free or to crucify you. And Jesus said this. He said this. He said you wouldn't have any power over me. Except if it wasn't given to you by. Heaven. They couldn't have heard a hair on his head. Unless he laid down. His life. And gave them permission. And Jesus he died on purpose. It wasn't an accident. So that people like you and me. Could have their sins forgiven. And we could be adopted back into his family. That we could be saved from the penalty of our sins. And our rebellion. And his His suffering. Again it wasn't his fault. It was ours. He took willingly took our sentence, our death sentence, a sentence that couldn't have been accomplished any other way. It would have been a forever death sentence for us, separated completely. But Jesus took it for you, for me, not his own. He suffered for you. He suffered for me. His death was our death. His resurrection is really, and his life is, is for us. It's, we are to be partakers of this. Yes. It's like the song we just sang. It says, Death was arrested, and my life began. My life began. We have to understand these things. For us to fully understand this, we have to go back to the cross right. yeah. and yeah. to understand why Jesus went yeah. to the cross. Yeah. What was it? Verse four? Remember what it said? Oh, you know,
0: in the song we just sang, when death was arrested.
1: Yeah, my life know,
0: began. That's when, that's when real life became available to us. So, you know, just remembering what we read in Isaiah 53, yeah. verse 4, it says, surely he has borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows. So life in this world will produce grief and sorrow. There's not a person who's so true live. You don't have to live very long in this life to experience grief and sorrow. And so it it must include divisions in our family, breakdowns, sickness, death of a loved one, Mm -hmm. the hurt and pain of your past, maybe the shame of your past, uh, you know, sickness, betrayal, maybe by people that said they loved you. In just worldwide, you look at the grief and sorrow in the world caused by wars and starvation and hatred and persecutions. People are being persecuted all over the world, Christians, for their faith. So life in this world produces grief and it produces sorrow. And so what is Jesus meaning when he's saying, surely he's borne our griefs and he's carried our sorrows? Well, in Christ we don't have some kind of far-off God who's just detached, who's just like right. looking down and going, oh, these poor people, look what they have to go through. You know, But in Christ, in Jesus, we find the Son of God who drew near to us. He came to a broken, sinful world. He entered into a sin-sick world, really, Think about it. He left the glories of heaven to humble himself, to take on human experience. And he bore your grief and he bore your sorrow that you would experience in this life, that he would carry it for you. He knew that you would experience it. I mean, we all try to avoid it, but it's unavoidable, really. And so the, the good news, like this Easter morning, this resurrection morning, is because Of his death, because of the resurrection, because of what he was doing on the cross, your pain in this life will not have the last say. It will not have the last word. Amen. That's actually very good news. (laughs) Because your sorrows won't last forever. Amen. And even now, through this life, we can give our sorrows... Put our burdens onto him, our griefs onto him. When we pray and give our sorrows to him, he understands. Because on the cross, he was already bearing your sorrow and your grief. I don't understand how. It's a mystery. But he did it for each one of us. He's a personal God. Yes. I said this, I think, last week. You know, we say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But the world is made up of all individual people you and you and you and you and you. And so when he was bearing our griefs and our sorrows, he knew what you would go through in this life. And he carried it for yes. us. Yes. And so many people. Uh, really you know, are, are still living. Are living in live in, in this world in this prolonged. Grief and even hopelessness. And
1: sorrow, and for sorrow, sure. sorrow, yeah. So, so much, much pain and suffering in this world. We all know it. It's senseless tragedy after senseless tra- tragedy happening all around us. Not just in America, all over the world, folks. But what do we do with it? Well, there's a story about some friends of Jesus, Lazarus, in the tomb for four days. Jesus delayed going, even though he had word that the one you love is sick. He delayed going. And he approaches, and here's Martha. If you would have been here, he would have lived. And and Jesus answered, why? He says, your brother will rise again. And again, Scripture declares that she knew this. She says this in John 11, verse 24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? It's a great question for us today, isn't it? Do you believe this? We can't push it off. Yeah, but what about these people over here? What about these people over here? They never heard or what about these people over here? The question Jesus would say, "What about you? What do you believe?" Yeah. 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 What do you believe? Martha believed in eternal life, life after death. <laughs> Jesus was saying that if you believe in him, you become a partaker of eternal life. Now, when you invite Christ to live in you, he is eternal life. He is the resurrection. The Bible declares we're complete in him. We're completely justified because of his sacrifice. So this eternal life comes to dwell within us. (laughs) Remember what he told the woman at the well? Well, The water that he gives will well up into springs of eternal life. Yes. See, we need to give our burdens to Jesus. And when we do this, it's like we're drinking from the well of eternity. And it's harder to do than what it sounds like, isn't it? Because if we hold on to them, these burdens that we go through in daily life will crush us. We're not meant to carry them. We're meant to roll them over into his arms and allow him to carry them. As Christ followers, we must learn how to roll our cares onto Christ. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 20, or Matthew eleven, twenty-eight and 29. He says, come to me, all who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The first step is to come to him. The first step is that we come to him. We pray. See, we pray and we recognize our inability to handle the things that come at us at times in life. So we must humble ourselves, come to him, and roll him up. And we need to be saying, yes, Jesus, help me. Help me. I, I give you my burdens. I give you everyone. I give you everything.
0: Yeah.
1: I give it all to you,
0: Lord. Right. You know, and we really, you say, we have to learn to do this. Think, when, when I think about how dark the world is getting, And the oppression that comes against our hearts, our minds, because it's demonic forces, really, that are getting more and more evident and oppressive. The church, God's people need to know what to do and how to handle those burdens, how to handle those thoughts. And that come to me, Jesus says, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And he will give us, he will give you rest for your soul We need to be able to find rest for our soul in a world that is just filled with turmoil, it seems like. And so we said that uh, Jesus, you know, paid the price for us on the cross, but we'll never understand God and the meaning of life and how we even find life until again Mm -hmm. we first, we think about what happened on that cross. And so Jesus had to pay first the wages of sin. Because Romans 6.26 says this. It says, for the wages of sin is death. And that means eternal death. Right. That doesn't mean just physical death. Physical death comes first, but then there is life after that. But the free gift of God is what? Eternal life in Christ through Jesus our Lord. And so God stepped in to pay the sin debt of the world. And he had to die to do that. Now, I think this is a really important thought that you think about. That no other God, or God, the world religion has, you know, we, we know. Little g, Little g, yeah. No other God, little g, has wounds. But our God. Yeah, that's right. Has wounds. And, and this is an important thing to think about. Because when you consider like all the ancient gods of civili- civilization, and there are many, and there are demon spirits behind all of them working through all of them. Yeah. and these demon spirits want worship, that's all they want worship from people, promising freedom, but in the end, giving bondage. And every world religion with its demon spirit working like, behind it, has its followers striving, trying through their own effort to find life. Right. To rid themselves of human suffering, like, to get the answer to why is this, why is the world the way it is, and why do I suffer, and what's the point of all of it? I mean, this is the question most people eventually ask themselves. Why am I here, you know, and what's the point? Where am I going? And people are trying to rid themselves of human suffering right. and find eternal life. And I think about some of the main world religions, like the Buddhists, you know, will say, just keep on working on purifying your mind and meditating to the point where <laughs> your mind can just rest in nothingness. Nothing. Blank. And only then you'll be, feel relief from your suffering. And I think, well... How do you function in life? How do you go about daily life and have peace and all at the same time my mind is nothing. resting in nothing? It's a complete contradiction Yes, when you really think about it unless you can become some kind of monk hidden away somewhere and all you do is try to... It still won't work. Yeah, go blank in your mind. And the Hindu religion, which has... Thousands of gods will say to you, keep trying to do good deeds in this life. It's too bad if you were born into a lower caste system. And even though your suffering will continue all through this life, there's really no way out of it. If you just keep trying to do good deeds, then maybe when you are reincarnated into the next life, something more magnificent will come from your reincarnation like and I think about a sacred cow, you know, I think. Is they this, worship cows. They I'd worship hate to cows, become yeah. a cow. You'll end up at Brosie's Market. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things wrong with that picture. It's like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, how does that help me with my sorrow and suffering yeah. today and my struggles today? If I just have to wait until uh, the end and hopefully... I turn into something better and keep go doing that and doing that and doing that and doing that. And then I think about the followers of Muhammad mm-hmm. who are told to pray, you know, five times a day and facing east and follow five important tenets of their faith. And, but there's no assurance of paradise is right. what they promise. Because it's just the promises. if you are faithful one day after death, then perhaps, then you will find out whether you were worthy of the paradise that's promised. So you live with no assurance. right? And you also live with your God who died (laughs) and has a grave. You know, recently there was an article in the Voice of the Martyrs, uh, and I would recommend every person subscribe to the Voice of the Martyrs. We Americans really need to remember what, Christians go through in persecution around the world. We can just get so narrow-minded here in America and think that's all that there is. When you read these stories, uh, you honor these people. Like there was this article about this woman who lived in Nepal, which was basically a Hindu nation, and she became a Christian, a Christ follower. And that whole region where she lived was so hostile to Christianity, but when she tried to share her faith and even mention the name of Jesus or share the gospel, the Hindu people in that village got really angry and fearful. And they were like, don't bring your God here because it's going to make our gods angry and our gods might abandon us. This was their their chant to them, go away, go away. We don't want to make our gods angry. We don't want them to abandon us. And I thought, so such fickle gods. These are such good gods, such fickle gods. Yeah. Such uncertainty people live with. I mean, these gods have no wounds. I go back to the wound, like the understanding of human suffering and entering into it to redeem it. I love that Jesus said, I will never leave you Amen. or forsake you, no, not ever. That is really good news for us. Come on. Even though, in spite, we did not deserve. The favor that God showed us, the mercy and the favor. But he did it in love. The Old Testament gospel in Isaiah.
1: It it tells us (laughs) we've all sinned. We've all sinned. It says in Isaiah again, we've all gone astray. Every one of us. We've all missed the mark. We've all turned and do our own thing. Did our own will. Walked our own will. The key is if we're all in the same boat. Then the boat's going down, folks. (laughs) Unless God does something, we're all going to die. Not just physically, but have eternal death. Not just physically, because that's not it. That's not the end. Eternal death is complete separation from God. It is a
0: torment. For it's where you pay for your sins, which you can't do. And you do it. Let's remember the word eternal. Eternal is a long time. Eternal is forever.
1: And it's not just the deeds you did. You see, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, a a complete different nature came into them. It was a death nature. It was a satanic nature. And the key to that is you can't pay and do enough good works to get that nature out of you. Because right. it's impossible. Only God can do it.
0: Yeah.
1: Only God can do it. This is what we've got to understand. You know, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm older, and I, I, I always look at the obituaries.
0: <laughs> As you get older, you may find you do that.
1: But another reason is a pastoral understanding yeah. of what people in, in our area think about death.
0: Yeah, how do they perceive death?
1: Recently, there was a a woman who died who was in her 40s, and the obituary said that she was always adventurous in in her life and was willing to try new things. And uh, then it says that now she's just now moved on to her next adventure. Her next adventure. Then there was an 88 year old woman. (laughs) She passed. And it says that she put on her wings. She climbed to the highest bough of the tree and stood straight. And then jumped and flew into the stars.
0: It's sad and it's troubling. It is sad. It's troubling. To read how people approach the subject. Such an important subject of death and where you will spend eternity. They just don't face it. And I mean, as we read these obituaries over the last couple of years in particular, because, you know, with COVID, there was just anyways, you start to read and you you, you realize it's sad how people make up. They just make up what they want to make up. I'm just going to go on a new adventure. And I think I don't know about the adventure. If you Mm. don't know Christ, there's no adventure adventure in hell for eternity. These things are real. And I know the world is trying to push. TikTok is trying to push. Hell isn't real. Don't be deceived. This book shares the truth with us. And these are the days when we will have to decide what we believe. Do we believe in eternity? Do we believe in an eternal life and eternal death? And how do I get there? These are important questions. That we're not going to just decide when we take our last breath, well, I'm just going to like, climb to the top of the tree bow and, you know, wave goodbye and go into the stars. How sad. And how the devil has deceived people, and he is deceiving people. Yes. Please don't be one of them. I'm glad you're here this morning to hear the good news of the truth of the gospel because death is certain for all of us. That's right. But in, like Pastor C was saying, nobody escapes death. Of 100 out of 100, will, all of us will die one day. But eternal death can be avoided yes. and escaped. That's the good news. That's the glorious good news of what we speak about this morning, the gospel. In 2023, thank God. yes the gospel can still be preached here because God has done something for us that we could never have done for ourselves. That's right. You know, on that cross, like like we've been saying, when the penalty for your sin and my sin was paid in full, I mean, Jesus was in the grave three days. That's right. When the sin debt of the world was paid, we were justified before God. He was raised up into heaven and we were declared justified in his sight. But these things have to be received by faith. But, I mean, the, pow- the mighty power, I think about it, what it says in Ephesians, like the power of the Holy Spirit came into Jesus and raised him from the
1: grave. That's right. And, made Take- it, and raised him up and made him sit together with God the Father at his right hand, the highest place of authority in yeah. all of creation. And if you're a believer, the Bible declares yeah. that you and I have been raised up and made to sit together yeah. with yeah. him. yeah. This is, this is the God who is willing to stoop so low, take the penalty of mankind, have the wounds of mankind to raise us up together with him. Yeah. And it's all received by faith. It's a free gift. It really is a free gift. But w- w- the big question is how do we partake of this resurrection life? How do we do it? We're all really, the Bible declares that he has put eternity in the heart of man. Everybody really is looking for eternal life. And right here is the truth. Right here is the truth. Because we have to come to the cross if we want to experience this life. We have to follow the path Jesus made for us. He's our example. He's our example. Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Not my will, but your will be done. He did something for us that we cannot do. Again, it's a free gift for you, but it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. You can't earn this with good works. I want to get that clear. You You can't do enough because it's a nature change that has to happen and you can't do it. I can't do it. Only God who is wounded can do it. Praise God. Understand, this is... In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, By grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of your own doing. It's a gift of God. It's free, but it's going to cost you. So you say, well, that doesn't sound right. It's free, and it's going to cost me?
0: What's the cost?
1: What is the cost? (laughs) It's to humble yourself.
0: It's your pride.
1: To get rid of your pride. And you tell God himself that I can't do this. I'm weak, but you're strong. You've made the way, and I want to follow your way. Yeah. And it's not a one-time prayer that happens, and now I'm good for the rest of my life. I can do whatever I want. It's a lifestyle of submitting to his word. Yeah. A lifestyle yeah. of being obedient to him. Yes. You know why? Because he knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for me. Yeah. Right. You are not going to climb to the highest bough of a tree and put on wings and jump off and think you're going to fly into the stars. Yeah. These, this is serious things. Yeah. And people are afraid of death so much they make up their own stuff. Yeah. And then they, they believe it to a place where it hides their fear. Yeah. All the while Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. He's always wooing yeah, you. Yeah. He's always
0: wooing me. Right. It's your pride, it's that, the pride that is costs. in the we way. We have to set aside, your right, yeah, our pride. Mm-hmm. And believe, and anybody who opens up their heart and really looks at themselves, who's lived a perfect life? We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory right. of God. We've all sinned against the God who gave us life. And this is what Isaiah said in Isaiah 53. We've all sinned. Yes. We've all gone astray. We've all turned to our own way. Mm-hmm. We all left God's path. We all just thought, life is about my life and what I want to do with my life. But we don't understand that he's the giver of life. You would, if he took life away, your breath would cease. You would go. Yes. And so the cost is to admit you're not as independent as you think that you are. And turn in our heart to the God who made provision for us to be saved, to be welcomed back into his family. And he offers us forgiveness for our sins freely. Like we said, Jesus laid down his own life, nobody took it from him. And when we come to the cross, in that sense, we are following (laughs) his example. Like we willingly give our life, we say, Forgive me, I'm turning. I don't want to live a mm-hmm. self-sufficient life. Forgive me of my sin. I'm coming to you. We so in that we, sense, we, we're dying to, to ourselves. ourselves. Exactly. Thank God he doesn't say, get on a cross,
1: do what <laughs> I did. Yes.
0: All this we accept <laughs> by faith.
1: Yeah. It's by faith. I believe. That's how it does. That's That's it. And And then we give our life back to Him, just like what Pastor Mamie is saying. We follow His example, and we don't have to go on a cross, but we still have to yield ourselves to Him. I give you my life, Jesus. I want you to be glorified through my life. Again, it's not just a prayer. It's not a one-time prayer. It's a false doctrine, once saved, always saved, folks. You can walk away and we don't want people to walk away. What we do, we come to the cross. We put our knees on the ground and we say, Lord, I am a sinner. I have rebelled against you. I have walked in my own way. I'm asking you to forgive me. I want this life that you offer through your son, Jesus Christ. I come to the cross today. Really, I come to the cross today and I am asking you for forgiveness. I ask you to forgive me Lord I want to walk in the freedom that you have given to people that believe you and if that's you today you're ready to give your life over to Jesus I ask you just simply raise your hand raise your hand so I can see it and you know what that's just an act of faith no I understand I see that I see that hand I see, I recognize that I've gone my own way I've been disobedient, I've done my own thing I don't want to take the chance of putting wings on and flying into the stars
0: yeah, and ending up in eternal death
1: where there's nothing but darkness
0: and torment is there anybody in here today who wants to
1: want to join their this life
0: the first time ask God to forgive you return and repent anybody Maybe you're in here today, and you know, like Pastor Steve said, this isn't about a one time prayer, it's about a dedication of your life to follow Jesus. And maybe you're in here today and you feel like I haven't, I gave my life to Christ some time ago, but I'm not really following Him. I've actually been straying off the path, I've been drifting, and you want to come back, you want to come back home to Jesus. The beauty of our God yes. is that you know, if we confess our sin to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But again, it does require an admittance of something from our heart. God, I turned away from you. Forgive me. Is there anybody in here who feels like, I need to do that today?
1: I want to get right with God.
0: If you do, that's all you do is Pray that simple prayer from your heart. Father, I, turning back, forgive me for walking away from you. And really, like the prodigal son, you desire to come back home to the Father. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your love. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you took broken sinners We've all gone astray, and you made a way for us. You opened the door for us, Jesus. You are the way, the truth, and the life into heaven to all who will call upon your name.
1: Yes, Jesus. It's only through you that I feel justified in walking your ways, Lord. I ask you to strengthen us in our inner man, that we might be able to be obedient to you in all things and in all ways be able to forsake the things of this world and walk in anticipation of the life to come and we look Lord to your second coming where you'll set up your millennial kingdom
0: we worship you Lord we want to uh, conclude the service by before we, we go by taking communion together so as a celebration of the resurrection life of Christ and what his death on the cross, his blood did for us, his broken body on the cross, we're going to partake of communion. Uh, we're going to ask you, if, you're, if you are a believer, you're welcome to come and take communion. And so we just ask you, once this is set up, to just come down the center aisle and then just go back the side aisles. and. When everybody has the elements, hold on to them until everybody has them, and then we will partake in communion together.
1: the last supper Jesus and the disciples were gathered together in the upper room and as they were eating Jesus took the bread and after he blessed it he broke it and gave it to his disciples he says take and eat this is my body let's break it and likewise he took the cup when he had given thanks he gave it to them saying drink it. drink all of it this is my bu- this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of their sins and as often as you drink of it do this in remembrance of me
0: thank you father god as far as you eat this bread and drink the cup we're proclaiming the lord's death until he comes until he comes. All rise. We're going to finish with just a brief portion of the song.